Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. This is entering the final week of May, which means that our quarantine takeover is just about to wrap up. So if you haven't already, please rewind a couple episodes, as in just scroll back up your phone and listen to the previous episodes. We've got six already released in May with various queens from the Broadway cast and the Australian cast. And so this episode continues with Broadway. We're back in New York with Brittany Mack, who is Anna of Cleves in the Broadway cast. She is so much fun to talk to. Seriously, she's like metaphorically the light in an otherwise dark room. She is originally from Chicago and still ironically is here in New York. She didn't leave in the midst of quarantine and she's just she's here waiting for for her Broadway debut like many of the others from the cast. I'm really excited to share this with you. You can watch the video of this interview by visiting ttp.fm/patreon. That's p a t r e o n. And along with this interview, you can get all of the Six Queens interviews, which are also on video. So if you don't want to listen on audio, visual is the way to go. That's how you can get it. Please find me online on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. You can find me on the web at thetheaterpodcast.com. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Brittany Mack. With theater credits including Rent, The Wiz, Hairspray, Avenue Q, Shrek the Musical, In the Heights, and Little Shop of Horrors, my guest today was recently starring in Six as Anna of Cleves in the North American tour and is now reprising the same role, making her Broadway debut. Brittany Mack, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, I made myself exhausted. <laughs> well, we were just we were just saying before we started recording that like you're still doing a bunch of stuff. Like you got time, but but you're really busy doing things. Like I I hate starting out every interview right now being like, "What are you doing in quarantine?" But we can't ignore it. You know, like it's part of right. our everyday life right now. Yeah, um, it's it's so bizarre. It's like. When we started quarantine, it was kind of like, well, what am I going to do? And that question was, so, you know, you just be careful what you ask, period. People say, well, be careful what you ask for. Just be careful what you ask, because all of a sudden it was request after request. Can you do this? Can you film this? Can you talk about this? Can you do this interview? And, you know, there, there's a little bit of pressure being, you know, uh, Broadway debut, blah, 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 blah. You're like, oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel like you have to do everything, um, especially because it was our opening night when the lights went down on Broadway. Yep, and yep. so everyone kind of really wants to know what that felt like. But how did you guys feel? Because it was your opening night and all these things. And so it, it's very interesting now. Uh, the requests have slowed down um just because um you gotta say no you know you got you gotta say no for your 
mental clarity and 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 just because we are in self-quarantine like it's actually a really good time to kind of focus on yourself and heal and do all these things. So, but I have been doing master classes and workshops and all types of things. So it's a it's a nice balance now. That's that's really good. I I think I was just talking with uh, with somebody else about this the other day. Um, uh, it was actually Mark Kudish. I was talking to him. His episode will come out next month. But Mark Mark was saying that like that the, the industry can't go back. To what it to what it was. There's just there's no way that we can go back to what it was. A because what it was what was wasn't working. But then at the same time, theater is all about uh, it's all about socialization. It's all about bringing coming together and telling a story. So are, are people going to start now writing things for Zoom, for Google Hangouts, for Skype? Like how do you? What's the new performing going to look like? It's so interesting. It, I I can tell I'm a, you know, public broadcast kid. So grew up with PBS and <clears throat> pardon me, PBS and WTTW and things like that. I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so uh, public radio and all of that stuff is such a big deal. And I must say, one of my favorite things was um, being able to listen to um late night story time. And, you know, when you used to be, when you used to listen to full stories and like plays or, you know, on the radio. And when I tell you it was one of the most exhilarating things and, and I think kind of helps spark imagination. Um, and, and then you start to, you know, color and do all these things just with your mind. And so, I, I must say that I think I, I would be thrilled if that kind of came back radio hour and and things like that there was this one show on uh what was it called on uh v103 called it's your world and (laughs) it was the uh tom joiner morning show and it was like a black soap opera novella and the stakes were so high and it was it was on at like five in the morning and i used to get up really early for school and i used to wait to leave out to listen to this show on on the radio and they had a theme song and I loved it and I still know it and I I I think I think that theater and I think our in the entertainment industry live entertainment will I think we will kind of I think it will be a mix I think we cannot we can't not be on stage. We can't not have Broadway. I just think there is a smarter way to kind of go about it health-wise. I think um, we will just have to do things that will, um, because you can't necessarily ensure safety, but you can show the acts of trying to, you know, and say, hey, like, as a theater, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. As a company, this is what we're doing. We've got sanitizer machines. We've got this, you know, whatever it is we can try to do to make people feel safe. Um, and then um, I think we can add some of those elements back, radio and and uh, story time and all of those different things in order in order to to kind of broaden, I mm-hmm. think, the industry. And it will actually, I think, create a little more work. So I, it might I, be I, good. I completely agree with you. Uh, I've I've been on the producing end now of two original radio plays that were recorded entirely in quarantine. Um, so 
So like that's that's working, and and the team that I'm working with, we're already working on another another project that's that's going to be ne- <laughs> ongoing, like a radio play soap opera. Um, it's going to be very very cool. So like it's going to be out there, and like these microphones that I'm talking into, you can't find them anymore. They're so hard to find because everybody needs them. Everybody's doing VO work at home. Every like right. I completely agree that that it's got to be some sort of hybrid. And I actually heard earlier today that um, that the the theater wing is working with theaters, theater owners now to like start to talk about the air quality safety measures that measures that they can retrofit into theaters. Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. do have a full house that you make sure your your air is getting circulated and sanitized at the same time. So there's all sorts of like technology changes and everything that, that yeah. yeah, that's going to happen. So, um, but where are you now? Are you still in New York? Yes, I am still in New York. Um, I have a, uh, I live uptown. I have a really nice apartment that, you know, I figured if I'm still paying for it, I should be in it. So <laughs> I am here <laughs> and I am on the uh, adoption waiting list for a dog with Heart and Bone Rescue because I love their work. And so it's been a very long waiting process, but I am patient. (laughs) I am going to get a dog. (laughs) You know, like, I'll probably offend somebody by saying this. The the process to adopt anything, child or animal, is so much harder than just going out and making your own. You know what? You know what? Let me tell you. Here's the... the, (laughs) Wow, the gag is is uh, my mom adopted my three cousins. Oh, really? Okay? So growing up, yes. So I know about all of that. <laughs> my mom <laughs> adopted my three cousins, so I have a. Um, there's five of us legally, um, but biologically, it's just my brother and I. So um, it's that's one of the hardest things I think still being in New York is like not being able to talk to my my brothers and sisters and my nieces and nephews um especially Noah because Noah is very uh musical mm-hmm. so we were working on his uh, rendition of um you're welcome from Moana before I left so he should be perfect by the time I get back well Just- so so tell me about tell me about Chicago though growing up there you were born there I was born and raised um on the south side and the south suburbs of Chicago, um, raised by a single parent um, with an incredible tribe of friends. Um, my mom is is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. She, I never forget, I was younger and she she said, um, <clears throat> pardon me, or I said, you know, mom, I, I want to be uh, Gary Coleman and Shirley Temple when I grow up. <laughs> I never forget it. <laughs> Excuse me. I never forget it. It was just like plain and simple, straight to the point. And she just looked at me and she said, okay, you could do that. And it's been a ride ever since. Like she never told me that I couldn't. I, and now mind you, I'm, like I said, I'm one of five. So she never told any of us that we couldn't. Hmm. She never told any of us that we shouldn't. She was like, Great. Now, how much is this going to cost? Okay, we can't do that. But, 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 here's what we're going to try to do to try to make that same dream happen. Um, so, if we were going to do something, we were going to be excellent at it because we want it to be, not because there were pressures, which then helped 
you excel and exceed and, and succeed. And then, and then the scholarships came and all of these things. So then the money stuff didn't so wasn't so much of a heavy weight, still a weight, but not so heavy. Um, so because we wanted to do what we, what we did, we worked hard at it. So we had scholarships and different things. So I went to Chicago Academy for the arts, uh, college preparatory high school, um, not to be confused with shy arts, um, where I had an incredible education in the arts and, uh, and I, I, I don't know where I'd be without, without the staff there. I went to, um, from there I went to AMDA. Mm-hmm. Um, in LA and New York, I had to take a year off because academically, you know, thing, you know, words are hard, um, and counting is difficult if it's not grain money. So I was like, "Mm, I wasn't the most, I wasn't a brain. I was very average when it came to schooling. So I was like, okay, um, I'll take a year off. And I worked really, really hard, saved up quite a bit of money, and then was able to pay for my first year AMDA. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then went on to New York and then was able to kind of um, from there start my career. So you you moved. Well, I, I was going to bring this up later, but I was looking through your Instagram feed and it said January 18th this year, there was you posted like a, a goodbye party graphic somebody made for you that was like, she's finally moving to New York and going to do the yeah. whole thing. So, but you had lived, but you'd been in New York then before that, before June, I was, before this I was. year. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's yeah. funny to see, um, to have been coming back and forth and uh, to see a lot of friends that I that I've been able to work with, that I've had the honor and pleasure to work with on different Broadway shows and and different platforms all over the world. Um, but yes, I lived here. I when I first moved to New York, I lived on 149 uh, one 144th Street, and uh, yep, I think it was 549 East 144th Street is where I lived on Broadway, and man, it was rough. Um, I was at, I was at 168th and Am- Amsterdam 170th and 170th in Amsterdam. I got out on the 168th Street A stop. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Oh yeah, I remember. I know that neighborhood. Man, it was. I mean, now it's like super cute and trendy, but like, woo, man, I got shot by a. I, I got paintball gunned. I was like, you got shot. <laughs> By a paintball gun. I was like, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I, I was like, this is not Chicago. What is happening? Paintballs. Little rascals. And I found out who it was, too. The kids. I found out <laughs> who they were because they told me. Yeah, we don't want to shot you. I was like, great. Thanks, guys. With the paint. Love that. <laughs> so, welcome Ru- to New York. Yeah, man. I've been here for a while. Shirt. I've been here for a while. I know, right? I've been here for a while, back and forth out of the city. Um, and and so it, it's one of those things. It's like, welcome back to New mm-hmm. York. Um, and it's so expensive to be here. I was like, you know what? I can't go back to New York unless a gig brings me back. Unless Broadway is like, hey, it's Broadway. You know, everybody pretends that like, oh, it's Broadway calling when it's like 212 or something. Mm-hmm. And Broadway did call. And I was like, oh, ha Okay. So <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> the uh, so the, the, obviously you came back here for six, and and I apologize. I left out the national tour of Memphis in the in in the intro. Um, 
completely skipped over that here. So yeah, so where, where you were auditioning here, you were in Anda, auditioning here, and then, uh, so Memphis happened, and did you, did you come back to New York after that, or how did you get involved with the tour of six? Well, um, believe it or not, uh, yeah, Memphis, ha- oh, a lot of my work, what you find is when you uh, uh, mature in the industry, if you would, which probably literally only takes two years because you're like, I am tired of this. <laughs> How do you do it better? Um, when you start to ask yourself that question, um, I, I, was, I was also one of those artists that was super blessed to like always work. If you ask people that I went to school with, they're like, oh, Brittany Mac? Oh, that girl stays working. She works constantly back-to-back-to-back contracts. Um, one of the reasons is because I didn't have anywhere to live. So you had to secure, your contracts helped you secure where you were going to stay because my things were in storage mm-hmm. in the Bronx. So I was like, Okay, I would come back. I would swap out some clothes from the storage bin and then leave and head out. So I moved. I had a contract on a Royal Caribbean and my grandfather got sick. And then I moved back to Chicago. Um, Well, I went back to Chicago and he passed. And then I moved back officially right after Um, my grandma was like, I just feel like I want all my grandbabies here and I just need everybody close to me right now. So whatever she can you? I'm going to interrupt for a second. You need to put together your own cabaret show where you play every character in your family. I'm working on that, actually. Uh, We'll chat. We'll chat. that's, that's That's like an Eddie Murphy, the clump sort of radio play right there in the making. She's, I, my grandmother is, so she's just the highest stakes all the time, but like sleep. So you're just like, what? What is happening? Man, I just um, need all my family close to me. Like, I need everybody. Okay, Brissy is Brissy. B-R-I-S-S-Y. Brissy. That's my name. Um, <laughs> so I said, oh, okay, Grandma. So I moved back officially. From there, that's when I, I I kept working. So I booked Memphis from Chicago, actually. Um, I came in. Uh, Bob Klein is, is the bomb. Everybody loves Bob. He's so funny. And um, he's cool and low and like just super easy to kind of audition for. So I went in for him. I did it. It was actually I did a fill on the tour is how it happened. Someone hurt themselves and they were like, hey, Brittany, we're uh, you'll be here tomorrow. I was like, here, where is here is where is here? Mississippi. I was like, oh, great. I can see my granny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, went, met the cast in Mississippi. It was full of everyone was so wonderful and welcoming. And and um, and we went on from there. So I got with six. I'm back. I'm still in Chicago. Right. I I I worked still. I'm a regional theater baby. I love regional theater. I just thank God for them because without them, like, where do we get to continue to shape and mold and hone our craft? Um, so keep theater alive and, um, especially regional theaters. So we, I'm working, I'm working. Then I get this gig at city winery, Chicago. I am really good at it. Who knew? I was so good at drinking wine. Um, and then, I mean, selling wine, selling wine. <laughs> drinking, okay. yeah, okay. Selling wine, jeez. Um, so uh, then then I go on auditions. It's audition season in Chicago. They're like, hey, I'm like, okay, 
I'm equity. It's Chicago. It's not going to take long, right? Like, it's fine. Eight auditions in one day. Mm. And I went on big auditions. I was like, I don't know who I thought I was that day. I was like, I got this. I could do this or whatever. Um, so <laughs> I'm like at Steppenwolf. I'm like, at a, and they're like, uh, are you from Chicago? And I'm like, yeah. How? You've never been in for us before? I was like, no, nah, I was too scared. So, but here I am. Because um, <laughs> you are Steppenwolf. You know that, right? You do. You know, it doesn't matter. The point is, my monologue is from. And so, um, I do my monologue and it, it's great. Then I go somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. Eighth audition of the day was for Chicago Shakespeare Theater. And I saw that they were doing The Wizard of Oz. I'm just going in for the generals for their season call. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, The Wizard of Oz. Yes. I'm a shoe in. I'm like four foot three. I'm four eleven actually, but like it's fine. Um, it's like the one day I say I'm shorter. And so I was like, yeah, I'm like four eight. It's cool. Um, I'm doing this. I go in the room, Bob is in there, Diego's in there, and I'm like, hey, I sing my song and I slammed it. I was like, oh, felt good, consider it booked. He's like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I also like hadn't eaten anything. I was like, I don't know what I was on that day. Um, but I hit on my power lipstick. So I think that's what did Just it. Just running on adrenaline all day. I'm telling you. Whew. So I go in, I'm like, oh, nailed it. And then he was like, he was sitting there. He was so blank. Bob is so cute, but he's like smiling. And he was like, Brittany. And I was like, yes, that was great. I was like, thank you. Do you have anything else? And I was like, huh? I can't hear you. <clears throat> Do you have anything else? I was like, it, okay, yeah. You didn't like, you didn't like that. That wasn't. I thought it was that okay. That was great. I was like, okay, cool. I was just checking because. <sighs> so then I um I go the accompanist. So I sing two more songs for him. I sang a some a Tina Turner song and some Motown song. So I said, okay, cool leave. I get an email. Hey, we want you to come back in, sing a pop song. I was like, Ooh, uh, I don't do pop auditions after auditions after auditions. It wasn't until I think the fourth audition when I got like material that I even knew what I was auditioning for. Did you know about six at all before that? Literally nothing. Huh? Yep. All right. That's, that's nuts. I know, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So were were they considering you for the Chicago production at this time? Yes. So when we were, so the audition was strictly just for, what what we find out later is that this was, this contract was for Chicago Shakespeare um, Theater's production of six. And then you would also have to do um, the Citadel's production of the six, which is in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh Uh-huh. So they were um, the same contract initially, if you would. So I said, okay, uh, okay, cool. I, I had not, you know what? I have to say, I think now looking back on it, I am so, when people are like, hashtag grateful, hashtag gratitude, all of that, that I didn't know about the show. Because I think it would have added a certain amount of pressure that, I think um, kind of gets in the way a lot of times when people know how big something is yeah. or the weight of something, right? And so I was just like, 
aloof. I had no idea what was, I was just like, oh my God, this is nice. Uh, guys, this theater is nice. So I'm doing the things. We, we're in the audition. I get a, a call back for Anne Boleyn, for Don't Lose Your Head, and for Anne of Cleves, Get Down. Uh, don't Lose Your Head, I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. She's very angsty. I don't know what this child is talking about. What is she? Okay. So by the time I get it, of course, I, I had seen the tutors, right? The show. Yeah, that's I'd all known, I'd ever knew, known about it. Right? Yeah. I was like, that was a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, I know, I knew about Anne Boleyn. I knew about um, Catherine of Aragon from research that I had done about Spain for school. And then la la la. So, but to come, to come back and, and look at this story through a pop concert lens, the way the audition process happened, like it it was an experience like none other. And I, I'm pretty sure I will never have an audition experience like that ever again. It what was did, incredible. What did they have you do that was different from your normal, your normal auditions then? We all auditioned together. Right. Yes. The other, the other <laughs> ladies have said that. Yeah, you auditioned for each other. Yes. And so we were each other's background. So for those people, so for people who've seen it, you know, and we're like backing each other up, that's what we did in the room. Um, the whole panel was there. Everyone was there the whole time. And one of my, one of my favorite things to do, I, I really like doing review shows like, um, all night strut and ain't misbehaving and those type of shows Beehive, those type of shows, because of the connection you get to have with the audience, mm-hmm. like, what wall? You know, I'm looking straight at you and they're like, is she looking? And I'm like, I'm looking. So I, I have a good time doing those things. So in this particular audition, they were like, yeah, we don't, there's nobody up here. We want you to look at us, sing to us, perform to us, tell us a story. And I was like, oh, oh, let's do this. So that was a lot of fun. And then, so you're in the room. I'm in the room with Andrea Macassette, Sam Polly, Anna Uzele. Like, and these and aside from a handful of us, Andrea was the only one there from Canada mm-hmm. out of her entire audition. You've got, you know, Broadway people. You've got Catherine there. You've got, you know, uh, Adriana Hicks there. You know, Anna has been on um, Once on This Island. You, I mean, you've got Broadway queens there. And then you've got, like, you know, people who've got nice experience, regional experience, and and been on tour and uh, a substantial resume, if I do say so myself. And then you, <laughs> you just get so many ranges of 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 wonderful, incredible queens there, and artists and performers that it it was a blast being in the room. So for for once, you didn't have to like be at the door like, now how did she do that last riff? You know, you were like, hmm. You were right there. So you had no choice but to be yourself, hopefully. And what you find out, what we found out later is that was one of the biggest part that I guess you can say a huge percentage of the audition was how we supported each other. Um, I never forget Andrea goes up and just just little and cute with these boots on that are taller than her with this side ponytail. And she just, and her hair was like in a bun first. And then she took it down and whoops, <laughs> like abracadabra her hair to this ponytail thing. And she whips it to the side and she, this eyebrow goes up and she starts the song. And I literally was like, you better sing. All of the Chicago in me came out. And I was like, no, 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 Brittany, this is Broadway. Like you need to calm down. You need to relax. I couldn't. I could not because she was stellar. And 
um, again, later doing the shows and blah, blah, blah. They're like, Brittany, we'll never forget your reaction to Andrea because that is the kind of support that, that women need. Um, you know, various and different levels and, but unapologetic, you were just like, blah. And then you were like, Ooh, sorry. In the middle of our song. And I was like, I did. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm really, they were like, no, it's part of what we love about you. So that audition process was, was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, I've never heard anything like that before where, where they get everybody together and want to see. They, that, it's just incredible. And the show itself is set up to be a, a concert performance where you are as much on stage for the other people as you are to sing your own solo. Yep. And it, it's, it's just this incredible kind of combination of, of everything that's been that's happening. Uh, yeah. You know, with, like women's empowerment and history and colorblind casting, and it ranges the gamut of of everything positive that we need right now. And I think, you know, I, like I haven't asked you yet, like how did it feel to lose your opening night to to quarantine? I don't think you have. I think it got postponed, and it's going to be built up, and and it's going to be better when it comes back. It's going to be better than it would have been otherwise. So hashtag blessed, right? Hashtag blessed. My sentiments exactly. That was that's exactly how I felt. So I was like, oh okay, okay, cool. We'll be back. Plus, you get like you know some time off. Rest the voce. Rest the voce. Rest my knee. I actually injured. Um, I had an injury from the show, and so um, it's a nice. It's a nice rest. And the the thing is, though, now it's like, okay, you guys are rested. Here we go. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm glad everyone's good. We're good. Cool. So here's our schedule. So and I can't wait, man. I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. And to be back on the stage with those women, they're so incredible and I've learned so much from them and we're just so eager to share it with everyone, to share it with New York. You know, we've been all over. We've had return friends come from uh from from Canada, come from Boston, um we tore Boston up. I'm not gonna lie. We 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 went there and shut it down. <laughs> um, so I and you know working with Diane Pop, like being in that space um, where some some incredible work has come out of that space as well. Knowing what she's working on, what she's doing with 1776, like it, it just it's I'm excited, and I think it goes back to what what I think um, what you were talking about about. Our, our industry changing. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's, yes, how we, how we do it, but also what we're doing um, and, and, and why we're doing what we're doing, that it doesn't so much have to be um, big production, big colors, big like it, 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 it's, it's something how, if you take, for example, like the color purple, how the original color purple did an incredible storytelling, bringing, bringing this story to life, bringing the book to life. It was a wonderful mesh well of the book and the movie and LaChance and, 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 and Renee. And it was such an incredible cast. And then it closes. Then you have the revival come back, which came back relatively quickly mm-hmm. in my brain, but it was a completely different show, you know? And, and, and I had friends in, in that show too. I saw, um, a dear friend of mine, Jenny Harney, make her Broadway debut in that show. And and she just had a baby. And so I just seeing seeing her, seeing her tell this story that I know so well that Broadway has seen before, but has seen it, it's now stripped and it's now, 
It's not so much colors and, and what you would think big production or anything. Now you just got the story and the characters. And what is it that we're talking about? What is it that we're saying here? What do we want to do with this work? And so it I think I think it challenge I think it's a I think there's a challenge coming that that will allow um new new writers and 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 new creators to come to the forefront of like saying like here's some work that I have and no it's not big production but like it gets to your heartstrings and this is what we're saying and this is what we're doing and I'm I'm excited I'm excited about that especially coming back into theater and and things like that I'm excited about that there I was just drawing a very interesting parallel in my mind to something that I, I heard somebody else say last night. Is a single a single gay man living in quarantine in Texas with his parents, and he's he's dating. He's doing he's online going on online dates like Zoom dates, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and he was is very candid, and he was saying he was saying like if it was in person and you have like real chemistry with somebody like second, third, fourth, fifth date, like you're probably going to go sleep with that person, and because you're there and you're phys- physical and you want to just be closer to them, but because of the physical separation, because of the inability to show up to the same place together, it's it's kind of turned into a love is blind sort of scenario where you're forced yes. to pay attention to the substance versus yes. versus the visuals, and so they I were. See- I see it. So they were, so so he was like, yeah, like third third Zoom date, we're talking about like, do you want to have kids together? On a third Zoom date, if we were in New York, we would have been sleeping together. Like that wouldn't have come up in person. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I, I totally get that. When you're, when you're forced, man, you take, oh, this is, this is such a paradox because we as right? a, we as a culture, as a race need human contact. We are a herd species. Yes. But we're so much more intellectual without it. <laughs> we are. We. Are. You know what's funny? Bringing up. I don't. You could cut this. Whatever. But we're just chatting. The the dating thing. Like, cause I am. I was like, I ain't got nothing else to do, and I'm single. So I'm. I'm like, all right. And there's only one app that I've ever used because I'm scared of everything else. Cause I'm a chicken. And um, and I, I like this app. And so I'm on it. And and it's funny. You'd be surprised how people, how men like, or even me the other day, but like, don't know what to say. Like you, you run out of things to say because in my brain, I'm like, is this too much to discuss? Because technically we've only, we've only been talking for like two days. So, but like, what else am I going to talk about? But like, I'm going to ask you about everything except your social security number at this point. Like, right. because what else, because why not? And, and then you really get down to the meat of, like you said, it's a love is blind situation. Like, you know, do you want to have kids? What do you want to do? What are your aspirations? What, what, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, and it's funny because in, in our culture, those questions for whatever reason have become generic. They have become this, way of being like, yeah, it's like, I wasn't going to ask him where you see yourself in five years. Why is that a terrible question to ask? Why would you waste your time in any other way? What if your five years and his five years don't line up, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's an interesting, it is that, that is, that is very true. And it's, it's just this wonderful, it's like a huge reset. It's like someone saw a button and was like, you know, the big red button and pushed it. And like, Everything has now, everyone has now been reset to like the same plane, the same yeah. exact level. And now 
Now what are we going to do with it? We have the choice to rebuild in such an incredible way and to like bring back human decency and courtesy and kindness. During this time, I have not heard more people say, excuse me, than now. Oh, excuse me. Oh, you, oh, okay. You know, and being from Chicago, you know, you see somebody, hey, how you doing? All right, have a good day. You need some help? You all right? Okay, mm-hmm. Because it's full of Southern city people. Mm-hmm. So everyone migrated from the South, so we still have very Southern ways about us. Um, so, you know, you check on your elders. You do those things. If I see, and, and I, it's in my nature, if I see, you know, someone's abuela down the street that's like struggling with her cart, I'm going to help her with her cart. So it's it's not it's not a question. It's just second nature to me. So but now you're seeing that more. You're seeing more compassion. You're seeing more manners Um, and you're seeing just basic human decency, I think. And people um, taking in things that maybe uh, had lost its value, you know, time. That yeah. you, it's the greatest thing that you don't get back. So why would you ever take that for granted? But I, I think we we started to. So, yeah. Well, everything became a lot more a lot more convenient now with with the internet and social media, and right. and you can just do anything right there in your pocket, and you know, take your phone with you, take your computer with you. So, yeah. so I, 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 I mean, as a, as an economy, as a global economy, like we're functioning on the internet now for the most part, which is which is a necessity. But uh, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Like, I love the the level of support. Like, my neighborhood is is bringing donations together to like leave food and supplies for the people who live at the YWCA around the corner. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just like you you when you slow down and you don't like even just not commuting right now. <laughs> slow down for a second, and you can like look up and see who's around you. Yeah. Like I. It's easy. One of my thing, one of my things that I've, I've, I sell this to people whenever I can. I'm like, when you get in an elevator, don't get on your phone. Like, look up and see who's in the elevator with you. You never know. You never, especially in New York City, you never know who you're in the elevator with. Make eye contact. Hold the door for them. Make sure that there, you can press their button. One of my biggest pet peeves. God, we are so far off on a tangent. I don't care. The, <laughs> Is like somebody standing right in front of the buttons with headphones on on their phone, and I'm like, excuse, excuse, excuse me, let me get my my hand in there to like not touch you and touch these buttons, and they don't hear me because right. they're so engulfed in what they're doing. I'm like, just just look up for a damn second and just like acknowledge me. That's all. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all. <laughs> that's all. That's all. So yeah, bring so, um, the yeah. So box. I'm off now. All right. Yeah, bring this back to six. The the <laughs> fandom is insane. Yep. And and actually it's funny. I was on the six wiki fandom page earlier and I was like, fun trivia that that Brittany Mack and Andrea Mackeset are tied at 411 as the shortest cast members. <laughs> Which <laughs> did you know that was in there? Uh, I uh did not. I'll have you know that I am <laughs> Slightly taller than Andrea, so there's that. <laughs> All right. Well, it is a wiki, so I'll, I can go in and edit it. I can say, uh, footnote, she says she's slightly taller. <laughs> Please do. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the, the, the social media outpouring, the support at the stage door, like, what, what have you been hearing about the show and, like, 
is it kind of dying off now that the sh- that Broadway's been closed for a while, or or have people been sort of like building up, clamoring for this to come back? Yeah, um, the Queendom, we call them the Queendom, mm. um, is insane. Like it, it is like nothing I've ever experienced in my whole entire life, and 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 what it is is just like support, right? Um, for for us, um, for these for these women that that have been chosen to tell this story, mm-hmm. right? And so it's one of the it's it's one of those things that uh, you know I've 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 always said like my biggest my biggest thing when doing this theater journey um, and being in this industry is to inspire, and so. <laughs> Ah, be careful what you ask for because it's it's happening, right? And so you have the opportunity with the with the queendom, it creates opportunity to be able to say, "Hey, have you thought about this today? Have some of the things that we were just talking about? Have you thought about that? Have you done this today?" Because um, the, their generation is very kind of self consumed, and so. What you what you find is the Im- the impact that the show has is that it teaches about selflessness in a way of just supporting each other. That that's just kind of like how it starts, right? And it plants that small seed enough to say, "Hey, like this is what happens when a bunch of women come together and support each other." So you and your girlfriends at school, when y'all at y'all lockers, instead of being like, oh my God, did you see what Josh did? Like, or like, oh my God, Amanda looks like this. Why don't you take a second and be like, you look cute today. Oh my God, let's go around and tell everybody they look cute today. Let's do it. You know, and and we we have the opportunity to create those challenges, even if you would, and different things on social media and blah, blah, blah. It has forced me to become more present on social media because I'm allergic. I'm allergic in every single way, but I have to. And so, um, and, and again, it's, it's another type of platform. So if you see it that way, then, um, it's, it's a little more better. Um, but, but like I said, we have, we have young women, young men, older women, older men. This show is so universal that the queendom really kind of reaches and touches everyone and because the story does right and so we we have the opportunity to actually make make change because the show is a global phenomenon it's it's all over the world we're in australia we're on the high seas and then we're we've got the tour the uk tour and then we've got the sit down on on um the west end we're here and so what what we've learned is what you could really do when you have such a positive show, um, a show that's fun, that's poppy, that's like, you know, um, what, what do they call it? A bop. I, I learned mm-hmm. that. Um, did I, don't make fun, I'm trying to do I'm not making fun of you, I, I like the term. Okay, okay, it's a bop. Um, and, um, and, or if we have a lit performance that night, um, you know, they will tell us, oh, you were lit tonight. And I was like, okay, on fire, what? When she said lit, they like Brittany, don't Brittany. Like it was good. I'm like, oh, thank you. Um, or <laughs> versus being, you know, Brittany, were you okay? Like, did you how's your knee? I'm like, oh, 
You saw that? Okay, cool. Um, I'm a little hurt. I'm, I'm hurting a little today, but it'll be okay. Okay, well, we support you. You know, teaches the, teaches you selflessness to think outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not like, the queendom is not like, like how we know music theater fans to be. You know, these aren't like those kids that are fanatics. So it's it's weird to call them fans um, because they, they're adults, they're, you know, seniors, they're like that. Oh, my granddaughter wanted to come see the show and I've seen it twice, but don't tell her because I didn't bring her. And I'm like, okay, granny, granny, don't be out here in these streets. You need to go home. And so it's, 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 it's fun. It's hard. It's kind of scary sometimes. It's intimidating sometimes. And it's um, exhausting. It's exhausting to, to be on and to be present. So, so I make a choice if I'm on social media that I, that I have to be a very specific kind of way because they're, they're watching, you know? And if I'm not feeling like, <laughs> or even um, some, some, some sort of, or uh, depending on what, what the dial is on my light that day, mm-hmm. if it's a little more dim, then Britney's just going to call it one, especially right now, you know, but if it, if it's semi bright to bright, then I'll, I'll kind of make an appearance and, and say, Hey, and there are certain, um, ladies in the queendom that I do have a little more of a, of a connection to like, um, Maddie and Rose. They're, they're two young girls that didn't get a chance to see us. They were going to come opening weekend. Um, and they live in Jersey and they are the sweetest, most funniest girls. They're twins. And, you know, like, like they're just, you know, Maddie, Maddie loves to wear a, a blazer and a tie. And I was like, Maddie, do it every day. If you want to, you want to know why? Because why not? Yeah. Why not? I was like, well, why not? Okay. I was like, all right. And if you don't want to, don't. Yeah. I was like, yeah. You know, so it's it's little things like that. I met them during our workshop that we did. Um, How to Slay is uh is a is a self-improvement, self-empowerment workshop that I came up with um last year. Mm-hmm. And um using this and being able to encourage young women um in in whatever way they need. So we have a, we started kind of sitting down and we talk about different things and, and then we'll start the class from there. So it's very organic and it comes from them. Um, so then it is very specific to what they need. So then when they come out of the class, they've learned something, they're different. So we were able to do that virtually a couple of weeks ago and I had some of the other queens join. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we had a four day workshop. It was a blast. We did birthday stuff and we dressed up and it was a good time. And that's where I met Maddie and Rose. So. Oh, that's so cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that is a wonderful spot to, to move into our closing questions here and wrap up the episode. There's three questions I ask everyone. To wrap up the episodes, the first one is, what motivates you? Uh, what? Wow. Wow. That's broad. I'm not going to be long-winded, I promise. What motivates me? Um, the, 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 the hope for change and the not, and, and, um, 
and and the fact that 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 things can change for the better. All right. And then the next question is, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> so, you know that time when you want to be like, this is so hard and my life is just really sucky right now. Ah. Now that you've got that out of your system, do it. Shake it off and keep going because it's worth it. I can't say that it gets easier because with more success, there is more work that comes with that. Too much is given, much is required. And so if you strive for better and higher, know that there's more work, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So shake off. Cry, scream, don't throw anything because you don't pay for nothing right now. Um, <laughs> your mama pays for it or your daddy or your uncle, whoever. But um, just get through it. And, and don't be afraid to be open about your feelings. Talk about how you feel. Even if it's to a friend, write it down. However you got to do, get it out and then keep it moving. Ooh, I like that a lot. All right, so the last question. This is the hardest one. If you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Uh, is this original cast? Or? Anything you'd like. Oh, yeah, this is hard. It's making my back sweat. Okay, oh. um, let me think. Oh, man, wow. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Jeez, I don't, uh, it can't, just one show, huh? Well, like, oh, Lady Day is, is kind of depressing. Um, like over and over and over again. Um, Memphis. Memphis. I like Memphis. that. All right. Yeah. So we can find you on Instagram at BritMac8, the number eight. You can get more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. Show your support at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating and a review. Uh, this is edited by Matthew Hendershot and Brittany Mac. Thank you so much for everything. This has been such a fun conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was fun. It was. I'm I'm notorious for like going off on tangents, so I'm really sorry. I probably should have told you that before. Oh, you I, like reel, reel me in. I'm a, I'm a tangent king. I will go there with you. That's what makes <laughs> the best conversation. It's a real conversation. I love it. It's a real conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Take a deep breath. Make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.